Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's have a chat about the stars above, about the planets, about the universe, and about such things as this earth is made up of. So this morning, I'm going to probably rankle some nerves. I'm probably going to raise some hackles with some people, but such is the case when you are putting yourself out there on the line for broadcasting purposes, right? I have the luxury as a broadcaster without any designation of a network to be able to share what I want to share, when I want to share it, and how I want to share it. And as most of you know, I spend a good deal of time monitoring what I say, right? I, I'm not someone that goes out there in the world to stir the pot. That's not my purpose. I do like to stimulate people's thinking, right? I do like to broaden consciousness. I do like to have people, as I do, question your beliefs question what is happening in the world around you, etc. Right. And my main purpose when I come on to a broadcast such as this, such as I do at least twice a, a week, if not three this week, three weeks or three times this week, is to educate people about the astrology and human design aspects and how they're showing up in the world. Now, sometimes those aspects are happening and they show up in the world in a way that can create controversy. And on Wednesday, apparently, I stirred the pot somehow with my uh, information shared on abortion and the abortion rights fight going on here in the USA, especially here in the USA. But my guess is it's likely happening, you know, across uh, the world. And it may not be abortion rights across the world. It could be other rights for women or other rights for men or whatever it is. But there's a struggle going on in this world. And I don't want, it's, it's not that I mind people writing to me and telling me their opinions, because that's not a problem, right? I don't mind that. What I do mind is people pretty much putting it out there that I'm wrong and they're right. That is not tolerated right? That is not tolerated. And the reason is because we are 7 billion people and we have 7 billion different ways of seeing things. Nine, not, neither of the things that we see are right or wrong. They are right for us, perhaps, right? Correct. <laughs> they might be right for that other person. But if that other person is right, that doesn't make me wrong, right? Just because I hold a differing opinion doesn't make me wrong. And you are uh, able to have your opinion in any way that you want, right? I don't, I don't, I don't equivocate around your right to have an opinion. That is, that is your right, right? We are human beings. Our rights are sovereign, right? They, our rights are sovereign. What that means is that if you have the right to hold an opinion, that is sovereign. But your opinion doesn't override or override my sovereign opinion. Now, having said that, when I present things, for example, like using abortion as the uh, way to compare what's happening astrologically above to what's happening, you know, here on the earth plane, I have to choose whatever topic it is that actually fits the transits, right? And abortion right now fits the transits. And it, irregardless of how I feel about it, it doesn't really matter, right? It doesn't matter what my opinion is or what my belief is or anything like it. It is what I'm seeing out there in terms of the astrology that also is happening below, as above, so below, right? There's wisdom in that. So, Yes, I'm going to point out, you know, what one side says versus what the other side says. Am, am I saying that pro-life is wrong? No. Am I saying that pro-choice is wrong? No. What I'm saying is astrologically, there is a struggle going on between the old and the traditional, uh, the way things have always been, the values that we used to hold dear, and a difference between how it is we're holding those values now 
what new way are we meant to apply our values in a world that has changed, right? That has evolved. And we see that through the varying topics that we come into contact with, right? Sometimes it's a political thing between in the USA, the power between, you know, uh, one form of government over the other, right? The difference between the legislative, executive, and judicial branches, that's a part of the same struggle. Abortion, part of the same struggle. All of the different things that we are seeing in the world right now that have a polarizing effect are at the uh, effect of the major struggle going on with Saturn sitting in the sign of Aquarius, which is a sign ruled by Uranus, Uranus in the sign of Taurus, a sign that likes to hold on to the old, the comfort zone, right? The staying in the comfort zone. And those two planets being in a square, right? They have been challenging one another as above, so below, right? So we are all challenged by the different structures, by the different forms that this energy can take, all right? So just because I say words that um, maybe doesn't encapsulate your belief, it doesn't mean that I don't allow for you to have your belief. You do. You can. That's what makes this world beautiful. That is called free will. <laughs> that is called free choice, right? You are here to be able to believe what you want to believe. But I would encourage everybody at this point in time to really, and, and this is this goes toward our conversation, the main thrust of our conversation today, which is about Mars going into retrograde. I encourage everybody to take a look at your values, at what you believe right? And try to see it from a spherical point of view, not just your own limited, narrow, tunnel-visioned way of seeing it. So while I say it's great that you have your own opinion and your own beliefs and your own values, take a look at those against the bigger backdrop of what's happening, right? What's happening in the world and how it is that we want to bring forth a new world, do you want to live in a world where some people have rights and other people don't? Do you want to live in a world where love is spoken about freely, but never demonstrated in actuality? And what does it mean to live in love? What does it mean to live free? What does it mean? What does free speech mean? Right? What does the pro-choice mean? What does pro-life mean? Uh, all of these things, right? Because... I think a lot of the struggle goes way back to our beliefs in religion, to religion. And I'm not bashing religion, so please don't write me and say, you, you know, you're bashing religion. It goes back to those older traditional beliefs laid down to us by a patriarchal society where women didn't have a voice. So, of course, the information that gets written into reality i.e. the Bible and other, you know, uh, sacred texts, doesn't really hold the value of women. So we have to look at that as well. It doesn't hold the, the candle to all rights of all people, no matter what color, no matter what race or creed or country they live in. So we have a de demonstrable polarity, duality always going on here on the planet. Our opportunity, the reason why these things are coming up for us to examine is because we're sitting at the precipice of a new world, of a new age, right? The age of Aquarius, right? And Tom, I don't know if you're out there this morning, but we often have conversations about when did the new age of Aquarius begin? Has it begun? But what I do know is that any time even when a planet is changing signs and you know it in your own life, when you're getting ready to start a new job or you're getting into a new relationship, there's always this little waffly period that starts at the beginning of it at the, I call it dissonance often now in the work that I'm doing with souls, the dissonance develops between the age that the old age and the new age or the old thing and the new thing. And that's where we are. There are all of these waves of disruption that are running through um, the universe, running through the earth, running through each of us as individuals, right? You're not immune to these waves. So 
I just had to speak to that this morning, right? I do not mind if you reach out and you share an alternate viewpoint, but please pre preface it that way. This is my alternate viewpoint. Don't preface it in a way that makes me wrong and you right. That is not okay, right? It is not, I would never do that to any one of you. I would never write back to you and say, you are effed up in the head, right? I wouldn't do it. So don't do that to me, all right? Thank you. Now, let's say good morning to everybody. A lot of you just checking in later, so you probably have no clue why I'm on this tirade or why I'm on my soapbox here, but uh, listen back later. Perhaps you'll get a better picture. Good morning, Pam Zaruba. I know you understand because you were here right from the beginning. Debbie tibbetts Tumiel, happy Friday to you as well. Kajella, good morning. Amanda, good morning. Asa, good morning. Christine, hello. Requiem for a Tuesday. Good morning. Nico, good morning. Uh, listening in from Tucson, Arizona, where it's probably a lot warmer than it is where I am. Michelle Gay, good. Good morning to you. I'm so glad to see you out there with us this morning. Everybody, please send lots of healing vibes out to Miss Michelle for quick healing from a procedure she had done yesterday. Christine Buckingham says, I hear the fifth dimension song, Age of Aquarius, in my head now. <laughs> you know, every once in a while, I have my AI. I'm not going to name her because she'll start talking. Uh, I have her sing that song for me, not her sing it, but she sings, she plays that music for me from, <laughs> she's <laughs> from the fifth dimension, I think it was called. Uh, Elisa, good morning to you. You know, the dawning of the age of Aquarius, we knew, we knew, we knew, we know, we know what the highest and best could be. But I think what we forgot is that there's often the lowest expression of it, the lower frequency is the first that we see the first that we actually have to deal with right because it is a new energy it's put out there we see and and possibly can express even what we what we can have as the highest expression of that energy but for reality we end up in the lower energy of that field because it's a disruption in the force, right? Any new energy is a disruption and it comes in and we're not sure what to do with it yet. We're trying to hold on with our teeth and our fingernails to the old because the old is comfortable, right? The old is known and yet we can't hold on to the old, to the known, right? The only real truth there is on the planet is change, right? Change. So, we have all of that that we have to consider that we are being affected at all times by these new incoming waves of energy. If any of you know who Carl um, is, he did a lot of work with the Mayan calendar and the ending of the Mayan calendar and what all of that means. And he's the first one that I ever heard describe what could be the age of Aquarius as potential waves of energy, of new energy that enter into the stream of consciousness here on the planet. And as these new waves enter into the stream of consciousness, think about when you, if you throw a pebble into water and it creates waves, right? The ripples go out. But if you throw another rock into the water at a different point, now there are competing waves. And where they intersect, they get all wobbly and dissonant and they get all crazy, right? That's kind of what's happening here on our planet, right? We have these new energy waves coming in. And as those energy waves hit the existing waves of energy already present, it creates that dissonant energy, that wobble, right? So we're always experiencing that. And every opportunity that we have to elevate ourselves dimensionally uh, or to elevate ourselves consciously um, throws a new wave into the existing wave pool. And there's always going to be disruption then, right? Disruption is the name of a game. I just encourage all of you to remember that a new wave coming in doesn't make the old wave wrong. It doesn't make anyone wrong. It just means, so how do we incorporate the consciousness now, the increased consciousness or the newer consciousness that is um, entering into our field of awareness? How do we, how do we bring that in? How do we make peace with it? Right? How do we make peace with it? How do we, how do we entertain the possibility that everybody's right 
and everybody's wrong, right? We can't have right without wrong. We can't have light without dark. We know that. We live in a world of duality. That's how we create. We wouldn't be able to create if we didn't have both light and dark. We wouldn't be able to. We'd be one-sided. You know, there are theories out there that Neanderthal man actually died out and was replaced by Cro-Magnon and Homo sapiens because the single hemisphere brain was dissonant to the ability to be creators. So the bi-hemispheric brain in the, the, the evolution became more selected, right? Selected because then we could create, because we can envision, right? So, all right, getting off my soapbox. How's everybody doing out there this morning? Just check in with me and let me know, uh, you know, what's going on? What are your thoughts? Uh, what's bugging at you? Because I really want to spend today talking about the upcoming Mars uh, retrograde in Gemini. Now we've talked about it. So I, I know that we have discussed it in some respects, but today I want to kind of take it apart. Uh, I want us to look at it from a couple of different lenses. One, what is um, Mars itself and what does he rule? What does he have sway over in our lives? And then what let's look at a different viewpoint of an, a retrograde and then we got to look at gemini because gemini is the planet or i mean is the sign that the planet mars will retrograde in where he is spending a whole lot of time <laughs> and where we'll have a whole lot of of uh influence will have a whole lot of influence on what we're thinking and what we're saying and how we're thinking and how we're think how we're saying things uh, as the time goes on and then i want to look at sort of a Mars survival guide, right? How do we survive a Mars retrograde? Not that your very livelihood is threatened, <laughs> not that your life is threatened, no, not at all. Uh, but how do we get through this with as much equanimity and positivity as we can? And then I want to look at it through the houses of the chart. So this might be a good time for you to get out your own natal astrology chart if you have it handy. And I always suggest you have both that, your human design, and possibly even your gene keys out with you when you listen to my broadcasts, because I am often referring to where is Gemini in your chart? Where is Mars in Gemini in your chart? Because I want you to be able to personalize it while I can't exactly personalize it for everybody. But today, I, I want to go through the different houses where Mars is retrograding, right, for you. And he's retrograding in one sign, which will make it in one house in your chart, because I use the whole sign system. I don't use Placidus, which, you know, could split up houses. So one area of your life is being impacted by Mars in retrograde and has been being impacted by Mars in Gemini since August 20th. So go back to August 20th. Let's start our, our look there. Because on August 20th, Mars entered Gemini and began preparing for what would be his retrograde phase, even though he wasn't in the retrograde zone yet. And even though he wasn't in retrograde yet, we start to build up a sort of idea of what it is that Mars will be bringing us from the moment he moves into the sign that he will retrograde in. Same thing happens with all the planets, right? Um, and for all of us, we may be alternating right now between inspired and excited and exhausted and ready to go to bed, right? We might be feeling our energies wobbling up and down like that. And again, looking at your own human design charts, you could be waffling in that way based on whatever your type and strategy is, right? Projectors, you may be finding that the summer's actions have really brought you to bear uh, down to your knees in terms of needing to rest, right? Exhaustion. Um, some of you manifestors might be feeling that same way. Reflectors, there are so few of you, I would bet, though, that you're also feeling that way. By manifesting generators and generators, while you have access to vital force energy, you might have gotten caught up in trying to do a lot of things, maybe diffusing your energies in some way. And even you might be feeling a little bit closer to the edge of exhaustion um, rather than the other side of inspiration, inspired action. You might feel sluggish versus energized, right? Sluggish. I know um, 
I, I've been feeling like that. Like I, I'm, I'm looking around me going, where's my inspiration? What am I inspired to do? Right. We're living in a 3d world. Action is what our choices bring us, right? Our choices bring us to action. And at this point in time, I'm not sure what actions I want to take, right? I'm not sure what direction I want to go. So I just hold space, right? Until that becomes clearer. So we might be feeling ready to act on one hand, uh, but also ready to rest on the other hand. So, you know, what I've been doing is kind of splitting my day uh, between work, 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 the first part of the day. And then if I can, I am knocking off around two or three o'clock and using the rest of the day to rest as much as I can. So I'm splitting my time and keeping in mind that I get to my computer in the morning about 6.30 my time. So I'm starting very early in the morning, you know, literally two or three o'clock makes an eight or a nine hour workday. So I am having to find that, that balance between work and rest. And I feel like that is really upon us because of Mars in preparation for his retrograde station. Now let's look at what Mars rules. So we know that, that Mars is going to retrograde in Gemini. So I can't help but feel, and uh, I'm pretty sure you guys are going to recognize this too, that Mars in Gemini getting ready to go in retrograde is kind of combining the feel of a Mercury retrograde for us, but in a Martian way, right? Mercury in retrograde, we know kind of messes with our minds. We can get scattered. We can feel like we can't think right. We, what we want to say isn't what, it, what we want to say doesn't come out the way we want to say it. Um, things, you know, contracts and agreements go wonky. So we have this Mercury retrograde feel in this upcoming Mars retrograde, because it is happening in the sign of Gemini, which is a sign that Mercury rules, right? So the rulership gives the power of Gemini, the power of Mercury, and the power of Mars. So we have kind of all three of these components that we are blending together as, as we go into this uh, retrograde phase of Mars. Now, Mars himself, he rules action. He rules that dynamic forward momentum that we have that takes us from start to finish, right? And then maybe start something new after that. He also rules aggression and assertiveness. So I can see why there is this aggression or this aggressive stance that's being taken by people out there or people who are asserting themselves into other people's lives, <laughs> into other people's beliefs. Uh, at the moment, right? Mars rules that kind of aggressive action or that assertion. It also rules our vitality, our ability to stay high energy, our ability to feel ready to take on the world or ready to do what we need to do, ready to be able to persevere, to use determination, another Mars word, determination to stay the course, right? Willpower, willpower. I could do a whole class, a whole study on willpower. Um, willpower in human design is um, very rare, right? We don't see a lot of that. Only an eighth of the population actually has access to willpower, which means seven eighths of the population believe they have access to willpower, but they're forcing instead of allowing, right? And not that the people who have it defined aren't forcing because Having it defined means that you might be at times out of sync with what the energy is giving you, right? The energy comes in pulses. So willpower has a lot to do with Mars. And now with Mars going backwards, right? Retrograde, the syncing up of our willpower might take us into territory where we're using energy that we really don't have access to. We might be pushing and forcing rather than going with the flow or flowing with the go, right? Um, motivation and uh, how we feel good about doing what we want to do, how we feel like moving into, you know, doing new things or being with new people. Uh, our sexual libido, right? Our All of that energy of Mars is really uh, directed into the sacral center, the sacral chakra uh, of your body. And that rules what we do um, who we be, and it is our sex drive, right? All of that in that sacral center. 
So, you know, besides that, Mars rules sort of the warriorship. You could say uh, the square between Mars and Neptune that's been sort of ongoing is maybe spiritual warriorship. Um, but Mars is a warrior energy. Now, a warrior can go out and destroy and be destructive, or a warrior can carry a banner of truth, can carry a banner of righteousness, none of which are bad or good. It's just what is Mars carrying? What energy is he taking forward? Now, retrogrades in general, and this is just a reminder, we've talked about this many times, so it's not new, <laughs> um, but retrogrades in general represent a shift in behavior of the planet involved, kind of warping the planet's natural expression. So the planet's natural expression is forward momentum. Um, Mars's natural expression is forward, you know, high energy, let's get her done kind of energy. And now we're having that energy being warped by a retrograde, right? Changing uh, the planet's natural expression. So what has been maybe the expression of action outward is turning now inward, right? What has been outright aggression can turn to more passive aggression, right? So we got to watch this. Expect a shift for yourself in what drives you, what drives your motivation, what drives your expression of who you are, right? If you've been, oh, oh every, you know, if you've been motivated by doing certain things about having certain things, you might find that motivation wanes during this retrograde. So we want to we want to understand that those changes are a part of a planet, an inner planet, no less. So it affects us personally. This isn't like Uranus, uh, Neptune, uh, and uh, Pluto that are collective planets, or Jupiter and Saturn that are transpersonal planets. Uh-uh. These are personal planets. This is a personal planet that is in a sign ruled by another personal planet. So it affects us personally right? If you're confused by that, let me know, uh, because I can help you understand that a little bit better. So during this retrograde, because I was writing on both sides, okay, yeah. uh, during this retrograde, what might we expect? Well, any projects that you've had in the works might come to a stall, right? Any any programs or things that you've been, you know, working on that seem to be going forward will kind of look like they stalled. Our processing power, because Mars is in Gemini, Gemini rules the mind, our processing power isn't up to snuff. We aren't as sharp as we usually are. Our senses, the sense of the mind, our thinking is a little dulled. So the, uh, connection between mind and action is a little warped, right? So what we think about what we want to do may not come out in the same way as we expect it to happen. So we may need to take, you know, a break in terms of what actions we're taking to make sure that our minds are in alignment, like all of the ideas are out there, all of the steps that you would need to do to do something like that are in order. It's funny because I know that what's happening for me is that I have a big webinar coming up to present to all of you on the astrology of 2023. And I began that process yesterday and I'm finding myself having to do it in a very uh, much more linear way than I am generally doing things like that because I'm having to slow down the process. Because I'm afraid for one thing, I might miss something. Um, usually I am, you know, multitasking when it comes to putting out a presentation like that, managing the, the marketing, the, uh, the research and the development, the putting together of the program and all of that. But I'm having to do it much slower. And I was really kind of surprised by that. And yesterday I got into it and I was excited about it. And at some point hit that wall and I went, stop right? Stop because I might miss something. My mind wasn't as keen on it after a while. Just making sure my cat did not bring me a mouse because she's acting weird. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I had to slow things down a bit to make sure that I wasn't 
are going to miss something. So that can be a symptom, if you will, of Mars preparing to retrograde because he's darn near stationary at this point. He's not really moving. He's kind of hanging. <laughs> he's hanging around. And uh, so I wanted to make sure that that I was clear on the steps that I was going to take. Now, the other thing is things like rumors and gossip and news and lies can be mistaken for truth when Mars is retrograde in Gemini, because Gemini rules the information field. Gemini rules the internet, right? Gemini, not the, not the technology of the internet, but the information aspect of the internet. So the in, information aspect of the daily news, of the news stories that we hear, of the propaganda stories that are out there, of the, um, uh, what do we call those conspiracy theories that are out there, uh, all kinds of rumors and gossip and things like that that are out there that are being presented as truths. But are they right? That's the big question. And so it's 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 the mistaken truth right? Mistaken truth, right? Retrograde means we need to do our due diligence. We need to do our work to go and fact check, right? Go in and look for the answers and not just from the sources that are going to back up your conspiracy theory, let's say, and not just from the sources that are going to back up your mainstream ideas. No, <laughs> look at it all, right? Before you spread information, right? We'll all want to make sure that that's very clear. And it's not the misunderstanding so much that's the problem. It's how we respond to the information that we are receiving, right? Because we might receive a lie and we take it as truth. And then we spread that to all the people that we know. And before we know it, you know, we are caught up in something that isn't truth. And that's been a problem already, right? We, we've already seen this idea of false news, fake news, you know, what's true, what's false. We have to become far more discerning. And one of the things that comes up to, that I'm thinking about today is that Venus in Scorpio, Mercury tomorrow moves into Scorpio. Scorpionic energy is ruled by Mars, right? Mars and Pluto. And often uh, planets that move through Scorpio bring out secrets, right? Bring out the hidden. Um, but is the hidden the truth, right? That's the other thing. Is the hidden the truth? Or it's very confusing. You can see that what we are going to need is a strong dose of our own discernment, right? Discernment, discerning before we respond, right? So the triggers in information in the, in the outer world could trigger us, catalyze us to take action when what we really need to do is to respond, which means we slow it down. We breathe, we take a few, you know, uh, breaths before we decide to say or do or go anywhere, right? Or take any actions. Now, during the retrograde as well, the, the energy of stagnation might come up and being lethargic, right? You might feel slower. You might feel low motivation. So don't be surprised, you know, if you're on your path and you're doing what you love and then tomorrow you wake up and you're like, yeah, no, I'm not interested in that today, right? No, don't want to do that. I'm going to go back and I'm going to do something else that motivates me, right? Something else that maybe uh, uh, is exciting to me, you know? So fact check before jumping to conclusions. That's one way to survive the Mars retrograde. Use discernment when receiving any information. The source, where's it coming from? Is it legitimate? Is it um, conspiratorial? right? Or is it main to mainstream? Is it somewhere in between, right? Give yourself time to reflect on what you're learning about yourself, about the world, about any information that's coming in, or any situation of note in your life and of the world, right? Giving yourself the time for reflection before acting. Take time to analyze and to process in order to be clear on your motivations. What is motivating you to action, right? Is the motivation from your own true authority and conviction and authenticity? Or are you acting on or doing things that you are responding to in error, 
right? Uh, patience, right? Patience is another big key for this time period. Have patience with yourself, with each other, with your family, with your friends, with the world, with every aspect of life in general. Remember, a planet in retrograde gives us an opportunity to see and do things differently, right? To uphold a vision, our vision from, to uphold any vision from a new perspective, right? From a different vantage point. So look at things differently, right? Behave differently. Um, see things differently, right? See things from a different point of view. Take the, um, the opposite point of view, play the devil's advocate, right? Uh, so the way that would work, for example, is if you're pro-abortion or pro-rights and pro, pro-life, pro-choice, then take the opposite side. And from that vantage point, what do you see, right? Rather than, you know, making everybody else wrong because based on, you know, somebody else's opinion, see what they're seeing from that vantage point. Not because you need to be more like them, but because you need to be maybe more understanding, more tolerant, more accepting more uh, seeing the wholeness of the situation, right? Any situation, right? Gemini is curious, right? Gemini is the sign of curiosity. It's probably the most curious sign of all of the 12 zodiac signs. So if you're feeling bored or burned out or lethargic or low vitality, go explore a topic of interest, right? It doesn't take much energy to sit on the computer and explore the Caribbean islands if that's something that you have an interest in, but you've never really thought about, oh, hey, let's explore the Caribbean islands, right? Um, so um, go explore. Use your curiosity. Pull threads, right? You know, go from one thing to another. See where it takes you. Gemini energy sees possibilities. So reimagine yourself, your life, your health, your potential, your finances, your relationships, wherever the house is that Mars is in, is where you can reimagine the issues around that house. So rethink, reassess, reassess and rethink your desires, your actions, your motives, what's motivating you to do what you're doing? What's motivating you to not do what you don't want to do? What, what's motivating procrastination, right? What are you afraid of? Uh, what are you reluctant to bring out? But don't rush change during this time and don't second guess yourself. Don't, don't second guess your intuition. If your intuition is telling you it's time for rest, don't second guess that, right? A lot of accidents happen when we second guess our intuition. A lot of illness happens when we second guess our intuition. If our intuition has been telling us it's time to rest and we're ignoring it and we keep going, 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 well, it's quite possible that your immune system was waning and needed some extra rest. Uh, be patient again with yourself. I, I underlined that like three different times in three different places. Patience is the key during this period of time. And um, when you, when we are looking at Mars in retrograde in a sign, the antidote, if you will, because, you know, Mars and Gemini is very heavy in the thinking department, very 4D oriented, right? Very information, uh, learn more, teach more, bring, read another book about, um, it's, it's very much like that. It's very information oriented, um, so on one hand, we can do that by exploring and looking for new information. But when that information then becomes overload, the only other thing we can do is to stay physically active, right? Pay attention to your 3D self, the physical body. Take a walk, take a run, uh, take a bike ride, right? Just do something, right? Do something physical that grounds in the physical energy. And, uh, you know, having that physical connection to doing something, right? Not just exploring with your mind and exploring topics, but actually getting physically active, right? Getting physically active is a great way to uh, dispel some of that Mars retrograde sluggishness. All right. I don't see any questions popping up, but I could have missed them. So if I, if you think I've missed a question, please, um, 
Leslie, hello to you. Uh, Pam made a special folder just for listening to you for my charts. I love it. You know, I often tell people like I, I'm big on notebooks, like these little, like this is a one half inch notebook. So in this, I have, uh, I have lots of stuff, lots of different notebooks for lots of different things. But what I imagine for you all as listeners is a notebook that has your charts in it, right? Each one of your charts, human design, astrology, a current one, if possible, as current as possible. And uh, also maybe your gene keys, uh, uh, activation sequence or whatever um, gene keys information that you want to get. And then some paper for journaling, right? Just some, you know, either gridded paper or lined paper, plain paper, so that you can take notes, right? When you are listening to the video, but most important to have your own personal chart. So you can really, you know, apply what you're learning um, to you, right? That's the important thing. So now, speaking of to you, uh, let's start breaking down the place where Mars is retrograding in each house of the zodiac. So again, this is where you want to get your chart out and you really want to look. Now, the houses are, if you're new to my show, the houses are the pie-shaped pieces that you see on the astrological wheel. When you enter in your birth information, that chart gets aligned for you, for where the planets were at the moment that you first took your breath, right? You took your first breath. And that aligns your chart starting with the rising sign, the first house, and then moves all around the wheel through to the 12th house. Now, wherever Gemini is in that wheel is where you're gonna find the planet Mars. And Mars is the circle with the arrow, right? The map, the sign for the masculine energy uh, or, or male energy, right? Is that symbol. So you're looking for that symbol in the sign of Gemini, which looks like the Roman number two, right? Roman numeral two is the two lines with the, the hat on and the feet on. So you're looking for that sign and you're looking for that symbol and you should find them together in the sign of Gemini. The next thing you want to do is to take a look at what's the number of the house that that's in. Now, if you're getting a, if you're looking at a chart that you might have gotten from me, look at the center part of that wheel because the numbers of the houses are around the wheel, right? The numbered houses begin at the 9 a.m. position. I had to look at a clock with numbers. The 9 a.m. position is where the first house would be. So the left side of the chart at the 9 a.m. position, if you were looking at a clock, and it moves counterclockwise around the chart back up to the 9 o'clock position. So you should see 12 pie-shaped pieces all the way around the first house would be just below the line uh, of the horizon at nine o'clock and going underneath the chart and up and over to back to the beginning. So those numbers are also uh, right in the middle of that uh, uh, chart and numbered. So did I confuse anybody? Let me check here. Uh, yeah, the election. Imagine that. Uh, good morning, Kathleen Mallory. Uh, good to see you again. And yeah, oh, great. Misinformation and the election. Imagine that. Oh, I've been watching that, right? I've been really aware of, of some of that uh, misinformation, but also, I mean, and it's, it's endemic. It's everywhere, right? It's not one party or the other or one group of people or another. It's everywhere. Nico, can you please explain how you journal during our show or during our shadow periods. What are shadow periods? <clears throat> well, probably the best explanation I can give you for shadow periods is to go back to last Friday's broadcast with Pia and Cullen. The shadow period. So when we're looking at expressing ourselves as an energy, right, in any energy, we have the shadow or the lower frequency energy. And then we have every frequency between that and the highest expression of that energy, right? In the gene keys, we see it called the shadow, the gift, and the city, which is like the highest expression of the energy, and the shadow being the lowest expression of the energy. You could also look at it as the shadow is the least consciousness, where the gift and the higher frequency have the most consciousness, right? So if we're looking at an energy such as Mars and Gemini, the lower shadow energy may be where we have been misinformed, 
where we are uh, overly scattering our energies, where we are focusing too much on negativity, where we are not doing enough, where we are too focused in the fourth dimension mind, and we haven't done enough in the 3D. So the shadow here is the lower frequency. The higher frequencies are on the other end are, are more of the where we're, we're the, the consequences of the choices that we are making are putting us into positive territory, where in the negative, the choices that we're making are reducing our energy or not making us feel as good. So the way you would journal about that is <clears throat> taking a situation, any situation that has come into your consciousness and talking about how you're feeling about it writing about how it is that you're expressing that energy. What would it look like to express that energy in its highest? What would it look like to experience the shadow energy? What would it, what would it look like to release yourself from the experience of the shadow energy? What have you learned from living the shadow energy? There's nothing wrong with the shadow energy, right? <laughs> the light couldn't exist without the dark, right? The highest expression couldn't exist without the lowest expression. So use all of that as ways to process what you're feeling, what you're, what's happening in your life. Uh, you can even use it as a sense of what direction do I need to go in, all kinds of opportunities like that. So I hope that helps answer that question for you, Miko. And Christine, are we looking at our natal charts? You are looking at your natal chart. <clears throat> if you have a, a transit chart, your natal chart is in the middle. So it's there. But you're looking at your natal chart because that's also going to show you where Gemini is, but you may not, see, if you have only a natal chart, you may not see Mars in Gemini unless you were born with it in Gemini. So imagine that Mars on the outer part of the wheel would be transiting across the house where you have Gemini in the chart. Does that make sense? Let me know if I confused you on that. Uh, Nico. Okay. I see. Thank you. I will go to Friday. Yeah. It was a great conversation with uh, Pia and Colin last Friday, which was what the 24th? No, the 21st, the 21st. So you're looking for that broadcast. Amanda J. Natal, Mars is retrograde in Aries in my 12th house. Transiting now, Mars in re is retrograde in my second house in Gemini. So we're going to look through the houses, but now Amanda because you have Mars retrograde by birth, <laughs> the retrograde period of time actually is almost better for you because you're already living a life where you have been struggling with your energy levels, right? Where sometimes things aren't happening in the way that you think they should happen. And your natal Mars retrograde in Aries means that sometimes your actions are self-sabotaging. It's in the 12th house possible self-undoing, right? So I'm going to go backwards, I guess, now through the Zodiac since Amanda has opened that up. Uh, so Mars and Gemini in the 12th house. Now I know you don't have it transiting there, but because you have it by birth, this is also going to apply for you. Driven to escape. What are you escaping, right? Sometimes we want to escape the pain. Sometimes we get drawn into other people's dramas or into very high energy uh, highly, uh, maybe conflicting energies. And so we seek to run and hide, which can lead us to procrastination, etc. It is a very difficult house for uh, Mars to be in retrograde, because especially if it's the sign of Gemini that you have on the 12th house, which I do have, that is, you know, my sign of Gemini is in my 12th house. So Mars is retrograde in my 12th house. And you can be overwhelmed by information from everywhere. And I so feel that because, I mean, I am even having to just be very measured in how I look at my emails because, like I said, they're high energy and people want answers. And if I'm trying to answer it in the moment that I see it and I'm not in the energetic space to do so, then I'm waiting, right? So if you're waiting for an answer for me from something, it's likely because I wasn't in the space that I could answer that. It is a time to take retreat. So if your Mars is in the 12th house by transit, uh, because that's where Gemini is for you, then it might be a time for you to slow things down right? But also check the shadows here because the shadows here are about self-sabotage. 
The shadows here are about where fears, blocks, and restrictions, limitations can stop you from taking your next steps. Now, Amanda, I am going to address the second house for you just because you asked the question and I don't want you to lose that thread. Uh, Mars is retrograding in your second house in Gemini. So this might be where money slows down, where you might have to recheck your values, right? Am I doing what I, am I thinking about money and earning power? And am I taking action on what I'm thinking or is it all caught up in my mind? Whew, right? That is a thing because we're thinking about maybe acquiring assets. You're thinking about earning more money. You're thinking about maybe how the money isn't going as far as it used to. I mean, with inflation, it's likely true that it's not going as far. Um, but if you stay caught up in the mind and the thinking of all of this, besides making you crazy, it's not getting you anywhere. So you might have to think and act, right? Not just think. <laughs> so, but watching how it is that you are doing that, like what actions am I taking? Uh, we also might want to take a look then uh, at what other planets are in Gemini in your chart. And are they going to be affected by Mars's transit across them? For those of you who are a little more advanced, Mars is uh, transiting or retrograding from 25 degrees back to eight degrees. So it's a span of degrees in the chart. If you have planets earlier than eight degrees or after 25 degrees, they're not affected by the retrograde specifically. They might get touched by it, but they're not affected necessarily by it. So for example, my own natal sun is at 28 degrees of Gemini. It's not really affected by the retrograde Mars. But the house is, so everything, all the concerns of that 12th house are being affected. All right. I hope that helps clear that up. Now, going backwards then, Mars and Gemini in the 11th house. So if you have transiting Mars retrograde in the 11th house, this is about trading information with your friends and your networks. And remember that information with Gemini can also have a gossip edge right? It can be misinformation. Are you spreading lies inadvertently, right? No one goes out and sets out to tell a lie. Well, some people do, but most of us don't set out to tell lies. But are you inadvertently spreading misinformation, right? Have you taken something in that you didn't run through your own fact-checking process and sharing that? So you might have to check that. Um, this can be very important if you're someone who's in a position of influencing people, right? Influencing groups of people. If you're a coach, for example, or you do speaking engagements, or you're, you know, uh, working with groups. Um, you, if you're, you know, if even if you're working with groups of people closely, you might have to really watch for information, information overload, but also sharing information that might not have been fact-checked or run through discerning eyes and ears, okay? Mars and Gemini in the 10th house. Now, the 10th house is the house of career and profession. It also rules our authority and how we live our authenticity. So here we have a very intellectual person uh, a very intellectual placement, I mean, for Mars. And it can also be an influencer, right? This, this A 10th house Mars retrograde could be an influencer or putting you in the position of being an influencer. But who are you influencing and in what direction are you influencing people, right? Um, my teacher in soul alignment has something that she is very fond of saying. Consciousness equals, let me see, consciousness equals action, e equals responsibility, right? So we have to be accountable and responsible for the actions we take from the consciousness that we are. So I hope that makes sense, right? So in the 10th house, then if you are an influencer, you best check very closely what it is that you're influencing people to, right? If you're one of my fifth line people out there in human design, you know how easily it is that that blows up in your face where people come back at you and say, you said to do it this way and it didn't work, right? You told me that this, right? They project upon you their own issues, 
with whatever it is that they seem to think that you told them to do. And it's called projection, right? Fifth lines live in a projection field. So lest you get blamed, make sure that what you are influencing is positive, right? Is authentic to you, is in, and you're doing it from a position of authority and that you're doing it appropriately. Mars in the, in Gemini in the ninth house. Now the ninth house is a house of expanding one's horizons, right? It is um, about seeing things from a higher perspective, uh, seeing it through the eyes of other races, of other cultures, of other countries, uh, of other planets, of uh, just seeing it from a higher perspective. Uh, now it can be the drive to study something deeply, right? To take on a course of study. Um, but it can end up being the drive to learn more, but not necessarily know more. So if you have Mars and Gemini in the ninth house and you're feeling called to take up a course of study, make sure it's about knowing more and not just the little facts that you learn. Um, and then watch out for being overly self-righteous, being a know-it-all, right? Just because you've learned something doesn't make you the expert kind of thing. But even if you are an expert, remember how it is that you present what you know is as important as what it is that you are expressing. If you have Mars in Gemini in the eighth house, the eighth house is called the death house, right? House of death, sex, and rebirth. So it is really a transformational house. It has a lot to do with other people's money, right? It has how, how we deal with debt and credit, how we deal with um, investments and money that's coming to us from sources other than what we earn. And it is also a house where we can become obsessive about something. Um, if we are overly exploring a topic, right? If we are ex ex kind of obsessing or becoming more compulsive about things, uh, anything deep or dark or taboo, right? The eighth house is the house of the occult. And there's nothing wrong with the occult, right? Nothing wrong with the occult. It's the degree to which you dive into those topics that you should be thinking about and not uh, becoming obsessed with topics. Uh, Mars and Gemini in the seventh house, that's a partnership house, right? That is your marriage, your significant other, uh, your business partnerships. And this can bring about discussions that can turn into fights or arguments, verbal sparring, challenging one another. Um, this can also be the revelation to you of open enemies, right? People that you didn't know who were your enemies that have been, you know, all, all the while undermining you. Uh, so watch out for being drawn into conflict, right? And, um, finding, you know, a lot of, of uh, conflict going on in your life might be a call for you to get out and exercise, <laughs> go do something, get out of the house, go away, you know, just release yourself from that because you could end up projecting your own frustration and anger outward onto a partner, right? So you've got to check that at the door. Uh, Mars and Gemini in the sixth house. The sixth house is your environment at work, especially um, it is work, service, and health. So this can be a, a house of worry in some respects. And Mars and Gemini can be the worrier. So are you worrying about your health? Are you obsessing about your health? Are you obsessing about the body? Um, cleaning sprees. To me, that's not a bad thing necessarily, but we can become super productive, super overly excited about cleaning up something. And then what happens is we lose energy halfway through it. And then we find we've bit off more than we can chew. And now we might be tired. Uh, yeah, yeah, on and on and on. This can be also a super spreader event. Thinking COVID here, right? Super spreading of gossip, of information, of news. So again, going back to our fact checking, um, this is busy, busy energy. So the busyness though, is what we might want to look at. What are you busy doing, right? Are you actually doing anything of worthwhileness or are you busy, just busy, right? Just doing Mars and Gemini in the fifth house is the house of creativity and fun and joy. So it's the drive to have some fun. It's the drive to play, to be creative and self-expressive. 
so creative ideas may be coming in fast and furious, right? You might feel like you're on some kind of, you know, idea inspiration train. Here's where having a journal is really exceptionally beneficial because you can, no one is saying that you need to take action on all of these ideas that may be coming in, but writing them down so that you can later go back to those ideas to see which ones might be the correct ones that you can take action on. The fifth house is also a house of our children. So watch for upsets with your children uh, or your children with you, right? Or between children, right? So watch for that. Mars and Gemini in the fourth house, the fourth house is home and family and traditions, our roots, right? Our foundation energy. So watch for upsets and upheavals in the home, right? In the family, in the bigger, wider family, not just your own children, but the bigger, wider family. It is the house of mother in some aspects. So maybe the divine feminine anger here with family, maybe upset with a family of origin or with the, you know, uh, way that your energy has been, you know, your family genealogy has been brought down. This is a fire in the gut kind of energy that wants to go and do, right? That is projecting outward. Um, the house is very much a, um, a house ruled by the moon in the natural zodiac wheel. So it can be very emotional. So watch for emotional overreactions, okay? Especially with family. Third house, Gemini, Mars is about communication, uh, about learning, about mental juggling, about driving too fast, right? The third house is uh, cars. It's Gemini driven, Gemini ruled. So literally be careful in behind the wheel, right? Be careful of handling metal. Be careful of being in your body when you're operating a vehicle. Be careful that when you are in a vehicle that your mind isn't wandering off into space la-la land. Mental juggling means that you can possibly also feel very scattered mentally. So if you have something big that you need to be focused on, don't take on doing many, many things. Try to focus, try to pare your focus down to that one most important thing. And if driving a car to get somewhere is that most important thing in that moment, please do so. Focus, right? Mars and Gemini in the second house, we kind of already talked a little bit about, it's about the earning power, right? And earning power is so little compared to the whole house, right? Of the second house. It's about our values, right? It's about taking action in alignment with what we value, walking your talk, right? Talking your walk and learning about how uh, resources, what resources do you have? Which ones are you uh, are, are you buying things that are in alignment with values you don't have, right? So watching for that. Mars and Gemini in the first house. I know a couple of you out there have this. Uh, this is the house of Y-O-U. You pushing out your ideas, you know, doing what's right for you, becoming self-centered, not selfish, but self-centered. You might have to watch for others who might believe that what you're doing is selfish, but being self-centered being the first person that you think about when you are thinking about doing something or when you're thinking about taking on an uh, opportunity or a job or, in, you know, doing something that someone else wants you to do. What do I want? Right. So for those of you who have Mars and Gemini in the first house, slowing down a little bit so that you get clear about what it is that you desire. Right. What is it that is in alignment with you and not necessarily what others want from you? All right. So questions, comments. Oh my gosh, it's after nine. All right. Uh, JLo, I have first house Gemini, but my progress chart is Gemini and Mercury in the 12th. Um, only you, JLo, could go that far uh, because you've studied astrology. So I don't want people to think that you have to know all those kind of things. But if you do happen to know that, then you can, you know, manage and balance out the transit of Mars plus the progressed Mars and how it's affecting you more holistically, right? But don't feel like you need to go that far in order to really understand what's going on. But JLo, I'm so, I'm always so excited when you, you go there because you, you go there <laughs> and you can go there. Uh, so, um, 
what degree will Mars station retrograde at 25 degrees 37 minutes to be exact? And he was at 25.35 yesterday. Did I even pull a chart? I did pull a chart for this morning. Today he is in Gemini at 25.35. So he's damn near stationary, right? When he gets to 0.37, that's when he'll retrograde. And then he will station direct at eight degrees, uh, eight minutes of, of Gemini on January 12th of 2023. So we have a long transit here, right? So there's going to be a lot of opportunities to express both the high and the low of this energy or be seeing it being expressed around you by the people that you know, the people that you love, the people who are totally unconscious, the people that we hear, you know, the news from and so forth. So remember, fact check, fact check, before jumping to conclusions, use your own discernment when you are receiving any information. Is it true? Does it is it uh, does it hold the ring of truth from more than one source? Right. Give yourself time for reflection, reflecting on anything about what you're learning uh, about yourself, the world, uh, or any situation of note in your life before you take action. Analyze and process in order to clear to be clear on your own motivations for doing or saying anything. All right. Remember, this is an opportunity for us to reimagine ourselves, to reassess who we are, what we're doing in particular, because it's Mars, it's action. What am I doing? Is this really what I want to be doing? Is this really going to advance what I love out into the world? Is this really supportive of the world, of myself in the world? Um, be curious, follow that curiosity, but don't get bogged down in too much information. Rethink, reassess, don't rush to judgment, don't rush changes, be cool, calm, and collected, and the big P word, patient with yourself and others. Uh, definitely, Kajella, if that is happening on an angle, the AC, the IC, the DC, or the MC, all of the angles, Yes, it has much more power. If it's crossing over, um, it, it would only do that in a Placidus situation or a, a different house relationship than what I use. Uh, then you want to look at how that's impacting you. Uh, but definitely if it's at an angle, it is definitely going to be uh, much more import, uh, important. Jayla received her calendar, her Pleiadian calendar. Uh, mine's on the way. I got that notification two days ago, so I'm hoping any day now. Um, so I guess the universe is explaining how my 2023 is looking. Perhaps it is. Speaking of 2023, I am planning that webinar. I have not yet set the date. Um, maybe you guys could give me some feedback on what day of the week works best for you, uh, what times work best. It really doesn't matter. I can't be there for everybody in everybody's time zone, but it does get recorded. So even... Um, you know, if you're in Australia and I'm doing this at a time when it's 5 a.m. your time, um, if that's not reasonable for you to attend a webinar, it's recorded. So you can have that later. So don't don't forget that's coming up. Uh, I will be here on Monday, Halloween. Uh, oh, I wonder if I should dress up. We'll see. Anyway, thank you all for joining me this morning and take care. And I wish you all a pleasant weekend. Bye for now.